0: Hey, everybody. It's the Table Church Podcast. We're back. The original crew, the OGs, Phil and Megan. We've been uh, enjoying our time, having special guests on the podcast this summer for our Nerd Zone series, and I hope you've enjoyed it as well. But today, we got no Nerd Zone. It's Mm -hmm. just Megan and I.
1: Yep. Just kicking it. If you want to, you can just turn it off now. (laughs) It's just us. Or maybe you're excited. Yeah. Who knows?
0: I'm excited. Um, I'm happy to be here. Me too. (laughs) It's been a busy summer, hasn't it? It has. Um,
1: We've not been in the office at the same time. It's true. That much.
0: Well, right now is the first time we've been in the office at the same time in at least a week and a half, right?
1: Oh, probably at least two weeks. And honestly, before that, maybe even.
0: You were on vacation. Yep. And you were taking your oldest daughter to college. Yes. Yes. So she's now a Hawkeye. She is. She's pretty sweet. And then Mm -hmm. prior to that, I was in Zambia. So it's just we've been two ships Mm -hmm. passing.
1: Yes. And then this week, I've been cleaning and painting in the ministry center Mm -hmm. while you have been.
0: I've been at my house working on my basement.
1: Yeah, which I feel like your basement is like... It's the eternal project. It's like your heart, you know, it's just always some... Some work to make it a home mm-hmm. just never ends
0: <laughs> it it's gonna end soon i can I can assure you of that it's gonna end soon <sighs> I mean it's so but the story with my basement's a long drawn out tale, but we did my bathroom downstairs and then it flooded, and we did it again <laughs> and now we're doing the rest of the basement and mm-hmm. we're adding a room and stuff like that. It's gonna be great. It's going to be great. Nothing Mm -hmm. bad is ever going to happen to it.
1: You're adding value. Mm -hmm. Yeah.
0: So, yeah. And then, yeah, I was in Zambia. You were on vacation. It was great. Where would you guys go on vacation? I saw a picture of Galena. Oh,
1: goodness. We did go to Galena. So, uh, we call it a vacation. It had to be short because of work schedules for our kids. Um, To make it happen at all, it could only be like two days. So, we couldn't go too far away. So we hadn't done any hiking yet in, you know, the Northeast corner really of Iowa. Of Iowa so we okay. thought, okay, like, let's look at going down there. So we ended up going to Dubuque mm-hmm. and then, uh, I, when we got there, it had in the back of my mind, I think I'm just going to try to tell them we should go to Galena cause I've heard that's great. Um, and so I was like, well, we should just go check out Galena. And of course, like everybody fell in love with it. We arrived in Galena at like the magic hour, like sunset was approaching. Everything's like golden and pastoral and beautiful. And you like drive into town and it's like you're, you feel like Anne Shirley could be pulling her jer- Jersey cow across the road at any time. It's like very beautiful mm-hmm. and like old timey, farmy. And then, You get into town, and it's like a flat-out like Hallmark movie. Yeah, you know, like it's just a lovely little Mm. piece of the earth. (laughs) Was it quaint? It was. It's very quaint. Mm. You know, it's just like if you were gonna move out of the big city and come home and learn to love again, you could do it in Galena. Mm. Yeah,
0: that's nice. (laughs)
1: <laughs> so, anyway, that was really fun. And then the next day we went to, is it Makakeda. Not, I can't remember. which Makoketa? Is that what it is? The caves? The caves. Yeah, Makoketa yes, caves? I not remember. <laughs> Makaketa? What, I what can't did you? remember. I'd only seen it spelled out a couple times. We, like, just, like, I was just brought yeah. there. So, I didn't even really, like, see it. Anyway, so we you, went out yeah. and did the cave. Your non-native Iowan just yeah. showed. Yeah. Like, I... <laughs> Wouldn't even pretend to know. So we did that, which was great. Mm. It's a little bit creepy, honestly. Like, you're in the middle of farm country, yeah, and suddenly caves. you're in caves.
0: I uh, haven't been there since I was a kid.
1: Yeah, it's dirty, mm. like you get real muddy. Cave dirt? Yeah, there's a lot <laughs> of crawling around and being wet and slipping on rocks. And
0: I always got some pretty cool stuff to offer. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah, so Decorah area, the bluffs and stuff up there is just so gorgeous. Um, oh man, I didn't watch it. I wish I would have. Like, I saw afterwards, but the the MLB game, the baseball game, that was at yeah, Field of Dreams. Field of Dreams, because it was the Cubs. I would have loved mm-hmm. to see the Cubs. Hmm. Anyway, I saw pictures. looked gorgeous. It
1: was. It was really fun. So good it job. Was, it was Iowa. our. Um, it was our chance to take. We ended up only having two of our kids with us. Um, because of work schedule, So we had grace and patience and it was kind of our chance to, it was a week before grace was leaving for school. And if you want to see your teenager the week before they leave for school, you need to remove them from their friendship their, circle. Yeah. <laughs> Cause otherwise it was just like nonstop one last night out with these people mm-hmm. one you know, whatever, and FaceTime me constantly with their friends as everybody's getting ready to leave. So it was just like, okay, we'll just take you mm-hmm. out of mm-hmm. town. And then we'll get to see you. And that was great. It was really fun. Good. Mm-hmm.
0: And now you have a college student.
1: I do. Wow. I do. Mm-hmm.
0: That is pretty wild, especially because I've known Grace since she was so little.
1: Like five. Yeah. Is four. That, would, I,
0: would that have been?
1: Mm, she was four. Oh my goodness. Mm-hmm.
0: <laughs> what has happened?
1: <laughs>
0: what has happened? I know. Well, she's going to do great.
1: It's nuts.
0: So... Um, there's a, there's an article on the internets that Megan came across and sent to me and it just kind of spurred a, a broader conversation. Um, so I'll, I'll, I'll start the conversation with this. Megan, did you ever have any, as a child growing up in the church, there was a teenager, a college student. Did you ever have any articles of clothing that like ripped off, uh, major brands yes. for Christian messages?
1: Mm-hmm. So tell I me mean, what you had. Well, cause we were in high school during like, I was in high school in the nineties, which is like, you know, 95 to 99, which is like the, I think probably the prime peak of this, mm-hmm. like Christian bookstore culture was very yeah. big. And so, yes, absolutely. I, as I'm recalling it, I had many, um, and you would think you're so, so smart, right? You're mm-hmm. Like it, this is so smart. I had one in high school um, that looked at, I don't know if you're familiar with this, but like there's a very classic J. Crew logo T-shirt. Yeah. And um, just like a simple T-shirt says J. Crew on the front. And I had a lot of that kind of stuff in high school from J. Crew. But I had one shirt that said J. Christ. <laughs>
0: How, how is this not a lawsuit? Oh,
1: it sounds... And it, it, I don't know. I don't know. I remember Jim had one that said it was like orange crush, but it was like crushed for your transgression. <laughs> <laughs>
0: <laughs> uh, I had I had a, a Tommy Hellfighter hat. Yes.
1: <laughs> mm-hmm. There was just like... I, I'm looking back and there were so many of them and there was like, oh goodness. Like there were stickers... And T-shirts and hats and bumper stickers mm-hmm. and just like every imaginable thing. It was Plastered huge. with logos. I just
0: remember feeling awesome about it too. Yeah.
1: it it I think it sounds so stupid now. Like, you know, I don't think it's possible for like my kids now today to understand this at all. Like it only looks ridiculous.
0: They would never, they would never understand. But it
1: was a big deal. Yeah. And we thought it was so smart.
0: (laughs) We're evangelizing the masses. Yes. By wearing this hat.
1: We're tricking people. So. It's a very classic. I mean, I think you could just like put it all in one basket of like the bait and switch was very popular. It's true. Between like the 70s and the end of the millennium. Mm -hmm. Like that 30 year span. Any kind of bait and switch Mm -hmm. in culture. Yeah. You know.
0: I I think maybe I was, so I was at the tail end of it high school 98 to 2002, graduated college in 2006 and I remember there being a shift in the air towards ooh, bait and switch, yuck. Yeah. Um cuz I didn't have any problems with it in high school, I don't think. I don't, like or at least I don't remember it being a problem for me like wearing a shirt that or a or a hat that like get somebody to look and then ask you you or know, whatever. Yeah,
1: like, oh, are you a um, Christian?
0: But then I remember in college, I had a friend who wanted to go around and, and lay out like uh, tracts uh-huh. that looked like dollars and stuff. Oh, you know? yeah. And I remember at that moment, I was like, wait a second. I don't know if I'm, I don't know if this is the best strategy. They
1: would sell those as like the last minute impulse buys right next to the Testaments
0: mm, yeah. at the bookstore. <laughs> like it looked like a wallet with a little bit of money sticking out. So, it's, which, when you think about it, you're playing on somebody's desire to like take stuff that's not theirs. Uh huh. Ooh, somebody's wallet.
1: <laughs>
0: yeah. Or I don't know. Maybe they're just maybe saying, they're "I should return this wallet."
1: They should be a good Samaritan. And then yeah. they
0: pick it up, and there's a, it's cardboard, and there's a <laughs> message inside that says, "You want to know what's really valuable? Jesus, <laughs> or something." This
1: is worthless, but it's the most important thing you'll ever know. Yeah. Yeah. Um, there was a lot of that. There was a lot of, I remember in college, this was probably like, Oh, I was like a junior. I think it was like 2000 or 2001. Um, there was an event that we did with all the campus ministries. Um, so like, uh, I think there was probably like five or six campus ministries all coming together to do like a big evangelistic event. And what we did was, and this was an idea that was born out of one of our staff leaders, college experiences. So it would have been like about five years cooked by this point. And -hmm. it was still plausible that we would think it's a good idea. So we did this thing where we had, we paid money to print, I don't know, like a hundred bright orange t-shirts. And some of them said I agree with Dan, and some of them said I agree with Tasha, um, okay. in like big black letters. I'm on curious. The front. And and we wore them like people from these ministries wore them throughout like like a two or three weeks before this event happened, and then we would have posters all over campus that match the T-shirts to say like, come and like you know listen. And what it is is that they're both just telling their testimony, and okay, uh, you wow. know and and so there's no it, we posed it as this thing where there's just like these opposing sides and you like mm-hmm. need to come and like see and really what it was is just two people who are following jesus and we're saying we yeah. also do so,
0: so did people come
1: <laughs> yes they did hmm. and we got what you would expect like we definitely got some of what you would expect like one of my you know like our you know, like our, our famous atheist professors were both there. Okay. (laughs) Like like the two professors who were the most like outspoken intellectual, you know, Mm. like, you know, they were there, but then also like, uh, you know, quite a few like students showed up. Uh, it was fine. And afterwards, like those of us who were like in the groups that were a part of all of this were like, we are never doing this. Ever again. And I think after that point, I think I never willfully involved myself in anything that was even remotely bait and switch. Like Mm -hmm. there was no baiting. There was no switching. I remember like making a hard turn and being like, I don't have to do these things. Mm. Like, I don't think you should be tricking people into anything. If I Mm -hmm. really believe this, it shouldn't be necessary to be cute. Yeah, I should just Mm. like talk to people.
0: So (laughs) can I share a college ministry story too? (laughs) And then we'll get to the article I brought up earlier. Um, and I, okay, I mentioned this at staff meeting this week because I don't know if I've shared this story. Had you heard that story? Do you remember I'm talking about?
1: I probably heard it a long time ago, but okay. I don't think you've shared it on the podcast. Okay.
0: So I went to Iowa as a freshman. I started my first semester at the University of Iowa. And uh, then I don't know if it's still going, but there was this huge college ministry called 24-7 that Parkview EFree did. And I mean, there was like hundreds of kids that came to this thing. And for me, it was huge. Like I was... I was pretty, um, you know, strong in my Christian convictions at the time and just felt kind of alone in my faith on campus. And when I walked into that room where there was like 700 kids, like college kids, just like worshiping the Lord, it was like, wow, like this is incredible. Thank you, Lord. You know, Mm -hmm. and they announced that we're going to do some campus evangelism. They said, we're gonna have a campus evangelism event. We're just going to go out and share the gospel with people on campus, show up at this time like at the church building or something, because they like rented out, I think, part of a mall to have mm. this huge event uh, every week. So anyway, they said, come to the church building at this time, like Sunday night or something, and we're just going to go out in groups and we're just going to share the gospel with people that we see. And I thought, okay, cool. I was the only kid that showed up. Mm-hmm. 700 kids came to like the rally, but just <laughs> Phil Wiseman came to the evangelistic <laughs> event.
1: That's how they find their people. <laughs> Like, do you have, uh, you know, leadership abilities that are not yet tapped
0: (laughs) or something? I don't know. They never (laughs) tried to tap any leadership from me, but, um, so it was literally just me and the college pastor that went out and literally walked up to people. There was no bait and switch. It was, Hey, do you know Jesus Christ is your personal savior? Mm -hmm. Yes or no? If it's no, would you like to? Yeah, and I remember distinctly there was a guy. He was on a payphone. He was in a black hoodie. He had his hood up, and he was just hanging up off the phone. And and there was we had <laughs> He's done. He's a-
1: showing the international sign of don't talk to me. Yeah, just and it was up. dark
0: out too. Like it was <laughs> night, and the college pastor had done a few of them. And at this point, he said, "All right, you get to take this one." <laughs> and so I walked up to him and did it. And the guy said, "Yes," like or no, I don't know Jesus. I said, "Would you like?" To? He said, "Yes," and I prayed with him. And he, mm-hmm. he walked off into the night and I never saw him again.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: So that was, I mean, that might've been my first convert.
1: Yeah. I think, uh, <laughs> there's a way that you can come up to people that really turns them off. And then there's a way when you can just be really direct. And if you are embodying what you're doing, people sense it like bees can smell fear.
0: I don't know if this guy sensed anything or I don't know what was going on, but I do think what you just said is true. Yeah. <laughs> but i don't know how desperate he was to know the lord. Yeah. i think he was just like yeah. maybe he was drunk or high? Yeah. i don't know. i shouldn't i shouldn't discount what the holy spirit can do. yeah. maybe that guy he is just, now following you know, the lord because of that moment.
1: he was just in an improv class at the time and he had made a commitment that he was always going to say yes. <laughs>
0: <laughs> kind of like like pam to dwight. absolutely i <laughs> do. Yeah, absolutely i do. I do. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, so how do we get here? We were talking about like basically the church Christians like not creating their own stuff, ripping off other stuff mm-hmm. like J. Crew, in order to get their message across. And mm-hmm. so this week, um, a news story hit that you shared with me that a church in Texas performed Hamilton mm-hmm. but changed it to be Hamilton Christian version.
1: First of all, are you not curious to like just see how that went? I'm
0: very curious. I would love to see (laughs) it. I
1: wonder if there's some video online, but I'm sure it's all been taken down.
0: Absolutely. But Um, this church is in it now. The Door Christian
1: Fellowship in McAllen, Texas performed Hamilton on August 5th and 6th with edited lines to reference Jesus Christ.
0: You know, I'm just trying to like, I know Hamilton fairly well.
1: I'm like, (laughs) there's going to be
0: a lot of editing going on there.
1: First of all. I'm just curious how in the world did this go? This like, you know, this production. Did they do the whole thing? Did they like do the rap battles? Like, and it's like, what, three hours long or something? Mm -hmm. I don't know. Yeah. That's a, that's a lot. I can't imagine that they really did. It must've just been like truncated portions of songs. Mm -hmm. Right. Did they do the whole thing? I've not been able to find that out.
0: In, unless this church is like super nationalist and like the story of America is the story of God or something like that. like
1: It is Texas, but I don't know.
0: <laughs> we love you, Texas. I don't know. We should put that caveat in there. Hope no Texans are feeling slighted. Texas loves Texas. Um, so <laughs> it does. You want to know how you can tell somebody from Texas or California?
1: How, Phil? They have
0: no clue where any other state is in the union. No, they don't. Like, they don't know where Iowa is. That's how you know.
1: <laughs> I remember my my brother's wife is from Cedar Rapids, actually. And I remember at their wedding, which was like 2004 or something. That was a long time ago. Um, they worked in another state, like on the East Coast. And I remember um, they were like, You know, it's so great that you could come here from Idaho. And I said, well, I'm from South Dakota. And they thought, oh, well, isn't Jamie from Idaho? No, she's from Iowa. Oh, I thought she was from Idaho. No, Iowa. Aren't they next to each other? Yeah. Like they don't even really know. And you could tell this person is like, this person is a professional person who makes a lot of money. Like this Mm -hmm. is a professional dude. Right. And he has no idea where these states are located in between the two like he's grew up in California he now works on the east coast he has no idea where any is. what's in between in the, the coasts
0: <laughs> i think that i could fill in every state on a map i'm pretty confident i could get all of them but me, i mean i think i get them all but some maybe i miss new a some of the new
1: england states occasionally exactly. get confusing to me. The ones that don't Vermont have a really of right? shape. Yeah, of course. So, and then Maryland looks very distinguished. Yeah, like, I think are I could get clear. them. Yeah, like I always have to like double think it on some of the small ones. Like, you know, you're like, okay, this is Rhode Island. Yeah, this this, is I little mean, little Rhode big. Island's the smallest. Yeah, you know. And
0: then you got, okay, Massachusetts <laughs> and Connecticut would be. <laughs> those are easy. Those, yeah, well, yeah. it'd be easy to confuse them because they're both like little squares, aren't they? Yeah. And but Massachusetts has a little leg coming out. The things
1: down. that surround New York State Mm-hmm. get a little confusing for a second but the rest of it it's like you know come on <laughs> <laughs> but anyway uh, oh we well digressed. anyway
0: i i was my point is i'm oh, pretty sure i could do that and texas it, i was just
1: texted to say finally you mentioned us on the podcast
0: <laughs> <laughs> i don't think texas cares <laughs> but anyway this church they ripped off hamilton and they are in it like they're there's gonna be some lawsuits i think and it's not helped by the fact that the pastor mentioned like homosexuality in his sermon afterwards yeah
1: there was like a come to jesus moment after the event Mm -hmm. where and his direct quote was maybe you struggle with alcohol with drugs with homosexuality maybe you struggle with other things in life your finances whatever god can help you tonight he wants to forgive you for your sins that's in the video footage um at the end of the production which they they are you know. Um,
0: so needless to say, there's, <laughs> th- yeah, the world and the media are having a heyday with. They're having with a it. moment, yeah. And so I don't know. I think we should pray for this church because I feel bad for. Um, like I don't everything think that they got it
1: through yeah. for this. Like this, I don't think they were expecting.
0: No, they okay. So they do say that they got permission. So there's a sense in which, like, we shouldn't, mm-hmm. you know, cast our votes until all the information has come in okay and first of all
1: under copyright law churches have an exemption that allows them to perform copyrighted music during religious services but streaming or distribution of the performances is not allowed so Mm -hmm. um churches can perform copyrighted music which we all know Mm -hmm. as we do Mm -hmm. you know although we Um, we pay for a license for that yes but every church knows that right mm -hmm. so there's a little bit of a mix here where it's like okay uh, to sing Shout to the Lord on a Sunday, what's the process, Phil? What you, do we well, have to you,
0: do? you have to pay for a CCLI, church copyright license, mm-hmm. in order to... And then you and have then to, like, good. report. Yep. And so mm-hmm. then every couple of years or so, like, when it's your turn, you have to report all the songs like that you It's being audited. Yeah. It's like 90 days of a period where you have to report what songs you're singing, mm-hmm. how many copies you made, whether or not you projected it, if you did a live stream, all these things. And it's kind of tedious, actually. but. hmm this is no this is no guitar paid. around a campfire. Like
1: churches mm-hmm. have like actual protocol. Yes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's how they know that "Shout to the Lord" is like the number one mm-hmm. English-speaking yep. worship song. Like <laughs> At year least after it was. year. <laughs> Who knows what it is now? Yeah. But anyway, the point is like churches. Churches generally are they understand these things have. A process but apparently you're able to perform this copyrighted music during the service but if anybody records it with their cell phone mm-hmm. or something then boom yeah and they didn't really
0: follow that so here's a takeaway i think <laughs> christians maybe we need to start creating our own stuff maybe we need to come up with our own t-shirts and songs and musicals
1: <laughs> now okay on the one hand like that that is like 2006 called and like that was like the hot take that all the young yeah. hip christians were saying at the time but we haven't really fixed it the church is still mm-hmm. always looking for ways to get stuff for free to use stuff for their advantage mm-hmm. and things like that
0: so it's it points to the radical pragmatism that has overtaken the ch- well, I don't. The church is too broad. Like I would say, American white evangelicalism, maybe. Mm-hmm. Although I shouldn't even say that because I think I looked this at this church. All these pa- all <laughs> the pastors of this church, church are actually Hispanic. Um, yeah. So they wouldn't necessarily fall in white evangelicalism. But you know what I'm talking about? Like the evangelical church in America. The Evangelical
1: banner definitely mm-hmm. wins here. It's just like a it's a concept in our culture.
0: So when I talk about pragmatism, yeah. what I mean is the the mentality of do whatever you whatever works to get people there to get people to check the box that says they accepted Christ, to get people to raise their hands. Be all things
1: to all people. Mm -hmm. Yeah.
0: Yeah. (laughs) But the problem is you win people to what you win them with. And so if you win them with a performance, if you win them with a bait and switch, if you win them with whatever – um, that's the vision of the gospel that they have. If, mm-hmm. if, if the gospel to them is simply a quick fix to get your ticket to heaven, if the gospel for them is simply a route to, uh, wealth and health, if the gospel for them is, you know, simply pick whatever, uh, that's what you're winning them to You win them to what you win them with. So whatever, whatever gospel you present, whatever method and means you do it in. Mm-hmm. Um, is going to communicate to them what it means to follow Jesus?
1: You're creating a moment where when you share the gospel, the the methods that you use um create an expectation in someone where you need to be very careful because if someone really wholeheartedly comes on board for this mix of both the gospel and like like let's just assume the best like a true like movement of the spirit and this person really has been like regenerated and changed in their life is. Significantly, you know, different now, mm-hmm. but also that was mixed in with like this certain like production value, and and this is what God is here for to do these things in your life, and this person may get saved, but also, you're there's going to be a moment where they have like a crisis of some sort, where what other things beyond the gospel, whatever methods were used that mm-hmm. they also grabbed onto, mm-hmm. those things will eventually fall down in some way, like some. They'll
0: fail. Yeah. Yeah.
1: And then they will have a crisis moment that they'll need to work through. So Mm -hmm. if you're not a community that is uh, holistic in your approach to living with Jesus and you only have like a few different ways that you really uh, reach or attract to people, then you just have a community of people who are gonna end up having like some moment where something comes where like living out the gospel does not equal to what you thought it was yeah. when you said yes. <laughs> yeah.
0: yeah. I think the way to put that would be, so first I said a second ago, um, you win people to what you win them with. Another thing we'd add to that, that you just articulated is that the medium is the message. Mm-hmm. You can even say the method is the message. So, I'm
1: like avoiding saying these phrases cause I'm trying to think of a way to say it where I don't just say that again, but it's true. Like the medium mm-hmm. is the message. Like whatever way that someone grabs onto the good news that is all like in one piece of pie for them.
0: How you present the gospel <laughs> reflects the gospel, mm-hmm. you know? And that's, that's why I don't like the phrase, we'll do, maybe you've heard pastors say this, we'll do anything short of sin to reach somebody for the gospel. Mm-hmm. Well, that means you might do a lot of questionable things. And the medium is the message. The way that you present the gospel to somebody communicates the gospel mm-hmm. along with the words you're actually speaking. And so the classic example I often go back to is that a church in the town we used to live in, a large church was opening a new campus and they were offering a free hoverboard. Like you go into a drawing for a free hoverboard if you come to their, their grand their opening. They're
1: like launch, yeah. Yeah,
0: and mm-hmm. so you win them to what you win them with, you know, and you're winning people with free hoverboards. <laughs> and so you win them to a consumeristic gospel, right? Mm-hmm. So if that's what your approach is gonna be, then... Um, just be prepared to have a bunch of very consumeristic Christians on your hands, I guess. And then, I don't know, as it applies to this, the, the, I just we just are wondering out loud and, I don't know, using this poor church, I guess, as a, a talking point.
1: I will say, I mean, like we'll believe the best of them. Yeah. On the outside, this seems ridiculously short-sighted and not well thought through, but... Let's assume the very best, and well, like, because who knows, maybe who they're knows?
0: maybe they're right, maybe they checked all the legal boxes, like yeah. maybe they did actually get all the permission, like they say they did, so we'll see what happens, and if they mm-hmm. did, well, then, okay, we could still say like, well, there's still a void here where like Christians are just like standing on the shoulders of other artists. Mm-hmm. And there's thinkers. something
1: like considerably um, just there's there's things about this that just seem. You know, like there must have been a better way. Like any anytime that you're taking like Hamilton is this thing that like I'm sure the makers of Hamilton are like sick of Hamilton at this point. like it's like already had its moment and it's never like in, in Hamilton forever. <laughs> you know, it has its limitations, right? but it's a work mm-hmm. of art of a certain time, and you cannot deny that it 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 had significant cultural imprint. like it mm-hmm. it will forever be this thing yeah. right. But then to take that, And to, like, climb your way up to the top of Hamilton Mountain and Mm then, um, you know, change a couple things on the map and then build, you know, your platform on top of this other, entirely other thing. This
0: work of genius, you know, that somebody worked very hard on.
1: Uh, It's just uh, looking at that from the outside, do you think there must have been another way you could have gone about this? Like, it just seems strange to take someone else's work uh, you know, to take something someone else created, doctor it a bit. Because uh, what they did was they took some of the lines of the musical and shifted them to be like Christian centered. Mm-hmm. And so um, the point of that is to make people curious, to draw people in the doors and all of that. But um, anytime that you're saying this message is so great, let me use this thing that you're already familiar with and just change it a bit, you know, um, to communicate this thing. That you understand why people do that. I just, I feel like it's on one hand, I feel like this was a completely stupid idea. I can't hide the fact that I think this was a really dumb idea, but I also yeah. totally see what they thought.
0: Well, because you did it yourself when you wore <laughs> yeah, J Christ shirts, right? Exactly. Like, you, you bought into that logic at totally one point. And I totally
1: get it that people, you know, are curious about this and they might show up and you never know what God might do, but also churches, um, are not particularly well-known for creating great art. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, <laughs> so. I mean, that's what this is. It's it's a lament of, like, where are the Christian artists? Where Why is it that, that we have to rip off, you know, other people's stuff in order to create something that we feel is good? Mm-hmm. Um, shouldn't the gospel compel us to write songs and poetry and works of art that are compelling, you know? Mm-hmm. I'm not saying it doesn't happen, but on
1: their own and of a place and for a time, you mm-hmm. know, just like making things. Um, traditionally, culture doesn't really see that churches are a place of like a hotbed of creative, yeah. you know, energy, but that doesn't mean that it's not happening.
0: And and it's true because the other side of that is that I wonder if Christians, when you just need to do a better job of recognizing where it is happening among us, mm-hmm. you know, like Marilyn Robinson and Wendell Berry and, mm-hmm. you know, like they're, there's just some incredible. There are, yeah.
1: Or people like Sarah Groves or art, art House North in the cities. And I think they have one in Nashville too. Like, it's just like places where communities of Christians who make things get mm-hmm. together and support each other, um, give each other feedback on their art, things like that. That does happen. Mm-hmm. It does happen.
0: So. Yeah. So perhaps we need to just try harder to, <laughs> to elevate those people and those voices and, and create spaces where the church can. Let artists thrive.
1: And just anybody who's in any kind of ministry anywhere. um, I think there's something specifically in evangelical culture that there's this expectation that if it's for Jesus, it should be free and a free for all. And that doesn't necessarily honor any part of the creative or even mm-hmm. evangelical process. Like. Why, why
0: would artists want to come give their best in the church? <laughs> yeah. When the is church is at. going to rip it off and s- claim it as their own and yeah. not give you any compensation mm-hmm. or, you know what I mean? Like when, if everything's just a, a buffet line of anything you can take and mm-hmm. churches do this, pastors do this. Like we, we swap sermon series and artwork and, mm-hmm content like i don't know how many pastors and like so many pastors today preach other pastors' sermons all the time it's really true and don't don't sort (laughs) they don't even say anything don't cite their sources
1: because it's for jesus
0: and it's it's not only does it happen but it's actually seen as kind of a a virtuous thing like Mm -hmm. of course you should do that why wouldn't you do that and so lots of big pastors give their stuff for free Mm -hmm. like craig rochelle but Mm -hmm. the problem is that craig rochelle's stuff the artwork and so much of the packaging and the videos that go with it like there's a zillion artists that helped make that, and the only name that anyone knows is Craig Rochelle. Like, mm-hmm. Those people are not or Live Church,
1: yeah, yeah. Like, like Dutch Church. I'm sure you've seen it.
0: Yeah, not so, you, Phil, but you, I've listener.
1: Um, the the idea that like foreign artist to engage with their local church culture so often it can become something that's really dicey for them mm-hmm. um and and off it's true the churches that make their own stuff then giving it away for free which we do like we do that too um but it often is seen as this like oh it's the least I could do you know give these things out you know whatever but really the person who's being lauded for like giving away all this stuff you know making that decision all that is usually not the one who made it. Mm -hmm. and so it's just good to remember that isn't it so cool this church gives everything away um but like do you know the names of the makers and Mm -hmm. and the reason that that matters is because if that was a that was a maker who's really um you know seasoned at what they do that's really uh, embodying the gospel through some sort of creative effort whatever it is um do you want that maker to make more stuff or do you just want them to work for that one church? <laughs> yeah.
0: <laughs> you know? Yeah. We need to create a culture where artists want to make art. And I think one of the ways to do that is to not just r- distribute and mass their stuff without any credit or compensation. Mm-hmm.
1: It's true. It seems to me. It's just a good thing to point out. Like anytime that a church is giving away a ton of stuff, if you don't see anywhere the name of the person who made it, like just ask them why, and they'll say like, "Oh, because it doesn't matter, you know. Mm-hmm. This is this is for the gospel, but it really does matter because you want to honor the people that, yeah, you know, make yeah. The, the Bible things. even
0: says like, I can't remember the verse exactly. It's I think one of the Timothys. but like, give the workers wages, give mm-hmm. the workers, and due. it's in
1: like when they made the tabernacle, <laughs> like I'm, uh, a guy I've worked with a few times, David Swisher. um... He works at IWU, Indian Wesleyan University, mm-hmm. but he, um, one of his many, he's kind of a Renaissance man. Like he does it all. He does so many different things. Uh, he just climbed Machu Picchu. Um, <laughs> but so he, he talks about how like in the Old Testament when they're making the tabernacle, like the people who make the things get named, you know? And so just this idea of like honoring the maker, you mm-hmm. know? And what they're doing, okay, I found so.
0: it. First Timothy 5.18. I'm going to read it in the King James Version. <laughs> For the scripture saith, Thou shalt not muzzle the ox that treadeth out the corn, and the laborer is worthy of his reward.
2: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
0: There you go. Uh, speaking of art in the church and creators in the church, um, we've got a little something that a couple of makers at Table Church have made, Mm -hmm. including you, Megan, Mm -hmm. you want to share?
1: Yeah. So we have, um, for a long time, there's been this idea to create something, um, that helps young children engage with the same principles that we have laid out in the discipleship pathway. So, um, we have a plan for a series of seven children's books The series is called Pop-Up Jesus, um, that kind of like lay out like the core concepts of each of the seven chapters of the discipleship pathway for young people to be able to grab onto. Um, And so the reason behind the title Pop-Up Jesus is just this idea that when you're living with Jesus, he becomes a person who you interact with all day long. And so as you're going about your life, you hear the voice of God, in you know myriad ways as you live your life as you do your job as all those things happen so the more and more that you know jesus the more that it's just kind of like an in and out like you're kind of constantly talking with him all throughout the day so that's really the kind of life that we want to embody with god and give that to our kids and so that is why it has that name but the first one is called i can talk with god and it just leads kids and then we're talking like it's geared to be language that you could, you could read it to your baby or toddler mm-hmm. and all the way up probably through like, I chose like grade three, like at sure. about grade three, um, it's kind of like the range, but honestly it's principles that like any adult would also benefit from. Yeah. So, Absolutely. Um, yeah. And there, and we took, um, we took the opportunity to create a very nice, Experience. So it is mm-hmm. a beautiful book. It is printed with a quality printer. The paper is gorgeous. Mm-hmm. The artwork is gorgeous. It's all done by Emily Lawson, um, and uh, it's just like an event to hold in your hand, <laughs> which is rare these days. So many yeah. things are digital. I think you even have a copy, like in front of you, Phil. Maybe. Maybe you did. Um, But, uh, yeah, it's just you hold it and you go, I am holding a piece of art. A serious work here. (laughs) Yeah.
0: I'm holding it right now. How's that?
1: Did you hear that crack? Yeah. That nice crack when you open the binding.
0: So, yeah, y'all should check it out. What should they do to to get their hands on one of these?
1: Um, I'm about to sneeze. So if I check out, we're not going to edit this. (laughs) But um, so. (laughs) We can edit it. You can just email us. Uh, you can email me, Megan, M-E-G-A-N, at tablechurchdsm.org. And I can get you all the information you need to get a copy or two. So we've had a lot of people mm-hmm. who have um, already ordered maybe two or three copies for people that they know. It makes a really nice gift. And I will say they're, they haven't been cheap to produce um, and we're actually kind of losing money on it, but it's because it matters so much <laughs> to get to yeah, share this. Yeah, this is not a
0: profitable. Nobody's making nobody's money. nobody's
1: making any money on this. Um, uh, but we would say, Table Church isn't making money on this, but we want to get these in your hands. And so, get a hold of me, and I will tell you how you can get one. And then, um, when you get it, like it's it's a beautiful piece of art to mm-hmm. keep. So it's an eight-by-eight board book, essentially, but the paper is this really soft, like, velvety texture. The art really pops on it. It's an opportunity to put something in your kid's hands that is just, like, full-scope engaging. Teaches them how to
0: talk with Jesus.
1: And it's really best for a kid to be reading with an adult in their Mm -hmm. life who um, is close to them. Like, it makes a really incredible experience. So, yeah. Yeah. I'm I'm pretty proud of it. I think it's probably one of my very favorite things I've ever gotten to make. So it's beautiful. Yes, and you can learn more about the artist um, Emily Lawson. We've got um, her contact info and things like that her in, website the, back in of here? the book. Yep, the website's in there.
0: Emily Elizabeth Art. Yes, she's dot com. on Instagram. Elizabeth with an S. Yes. So Emily Elizabeth Art. And I
1: believe. Um, you know, if you see art in the book that you think is really fabulous, I believe Emily has prints available of mm. nearly all the art that's in the book that you can purchase online.
0: So, cool. Yeah. Check it out, everybody.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Awesome. Well.
1: <laughs> Did we just like hit the point where we don't I, know how we're ending I just this? ran out of stuff. You just ran out of things yeah, to say? it's gone. It's empty. Oh, the man. tank is empty. Well, um... You got anything? I mean, I don't really have anything in particular, but we are excited for fall. We have all kinds yeah. of things coming up if you are in the area. We have lots of, you know, groups getting back together again. Our groups are all year round. So, um, you know,
0: check out our events page, tablechurchdsm.org slash events. Mm-hmm. There's mm-hmm. a lot of stuff going on. There's stuff that's happening that's not even on the page yet because we're still trying to firm up dates. But that is true. We're going to have a full fall around we have like a we
1: have our very first real fall like it's real fall like old time this is what church is like you know yeah because
0: we launched and then we had covid COVID. for (laughs) two years two years
1: two falls of covid that was two covid falls so yeah we have all kinds of like classes coming up you have a book club starting
0: we're gonna read the pursuit of god by Mm -hmm. aw tozer starts september 11th sunday night Uh, Mm -hmm. 6 p.m. at the Ministry Center. would love to have you there. Mm -hmm. Um, We're just going to prayerfully read the book and ask God to change our hearts. Mm -hmm. It's a classic. It's really good.
1: And we've got two Alphas starting, too. One with child care and one um, at a different time that does not have child care. But if you've never gone to Alpha, come to Alpha. Do it. It's a good thing. Yes.
0: All right. Thanks so much for listening, everybody. Tune in next time.